it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode eight of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches of the Indiana Wesleyan basketball team. In our first seven episodes, you've heard about the vision for the season, as well as the foundation of leadership that was laid. However, it's in tough times that leadership shows itself. Today, we're going to go inside the team's mid-season slide of three losses in a row. At the time, there was a lot of doubt about how things would end up. We're going to talk to our two leaders that we've already heard from, Jacob Johnson and Ben Carlson, about how they were processing and leading during this time. In the first half, Jacob's going to talk about the injury that he had that started alongside our three-game losing streak. And in the second half, Ben Carlson's going to come on and reflect on this time of the season and what he was thinking as a senior leader. We're joined again by Jacob Johnson. Jacob, in episode two, you took listeners inside your journey, fighting apathy, becoming committed, even thoughts of quitting your first couple of years. Now, there were a couple times in those years when you had injuries that you had to sit out. When you weren't all in and you got injured, what was going through your mind? Yeah, I think, you know, I, it's not as if I meant to be injured or purposely got injured, but during those injury times, it was almost like a, like a break for me. Um, mentally and physically and just um, I don't know it wasn't something that I had remorse or pain in I mean the initial injury definitely was painful but as far as the recovery process and the the time off of basketball I think I you know I didn't have any pain towards that which probably is not the best attitude but that's kind of how it was so you really didn't view an injury as adversity you just viewed it as a break from the game almost. Basically, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of how it was for sure. But then we move into this year, and even even over the course of years, you became more and more committed and bought in. And this year, from the start, you were all in with your diet, in the weight room, in practice, and leadership off the court. You were all in. And you were playing at a high level and doing so much for the team. And we get to the IU East game, and you have a knee injury. And you know it's serious, but you don't know exactly what happened until you get an MRI. Take us inside the injury, what the injury was, the decisions you faced, and what was going through your mind this time now that you were all in. Yeah, um, it was early on in the the second half of the IU East game and a really big game for us. Uh, It was really hyped up, sold out crowd at IU East. and I, we were on offense, and I planned it wrong, got my knee twisted in a weird weird direction, and um, definitely felt felt something happen, felt a pop, so, so to speak. We ended up losing the game uh, by, I think, one point. Um, and just really tough in the locker room, knowing that um, there was a lot of things that I know we could get better on, and uh, culminating that with with potentially hurting my knee after the game. I remember talking to the trainer and saying like, uh, you know, I think I really think something's wrong and something doesn't feel right in my knee. So ended up having the MRI, um, 
we played that Tuesday against IU East, and then we had a game Saturday, I believe. So quick turnaround, got the MRI, got the results back that Friday, found out that I had a torn meniscus, and uh, really had a decision to make on, you know, what what the rest of the season would look like. And, um, I did, you know, I was reading online, a lot of people sometimes play with torn meniscus, uh, some people get quick surgery. I've seen people recover, you know, in two to three weeks. Some, like, took eight weeks to recover. Um, and then some people said that they had reconstructive meniscus surgery and where they stitch it to back together, and it's like a three-month recovery. So those those are kind of my options to either play through play through to the rest of the season, risk tearing it more and potentially locking my knee up um, and having to have surgery either way. Or having surgery, we were talking over Christmas break. I think there's four games left until Christmas break. Or um, the doctor said that by the by the looks of the MRI, he thinks that he would be able to stitch it, which would result in me not having to lose any of my meniscus. And it would heal up, and I would be out three months, though, which would essentially be the rest of the season. So, so you have all these different options, and I'm sure there was so many things going on in your mind. Take us through what you decided and why you made the decision. Yeah, uh, after a lot of prayer and talking with my family uh, and talking with the coaching staff and, and the trainers, um, we decided that it was it was best to have surgery over Christmas break and just play through the next these next four games basically, and um, a lot of doubt involved in it, not knowing if it was necessarily the right decision, but it, it made sense logistically at that point. And so um, basically played the next four games, really didn't practice only only a little bit before days of the game. And other than that, I was doing non-impact cardio stuff. But it, but it didn't hurt your play. So you, I remember specifically you weren't practicing, but you're showing up for games. And one of the games you went 10 for 11 from the field and scored 27 points, maybe the best game you've ever played. You made threes, you dunked on people, and you looked like a – you were in peak condition, but you were really struggling with an injury. But then because of your decision, you've got three weeks that you're sitting out. You decide not to take the three-month option. You're going to sit three weeks out, and you're starting to watch your team play. The team starts to struggle a little bit. We go on a losing streak. You're not really sure what's going to happen with your knee. What was going through your mind as you were sitting and watching the team, and you could not go out and help them? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff was going through my mind. A big thing as a senior leader, uh, I think that a lot of people deal with is kind of the looming factor of regret and how that plays into your decisions. And you don't really think about regret until it's kind of on the doorstep, knowing that you'll be gone the next year and won't ever play college basketball again. And so um, just kind of that, the culmination of that, um, knowing that I'm sitting out watching my team lose and can't really do a ton about it, but it ended up being three and a half week recovery. Um, and our team went on a three game losing streak and we lost the first game that I was back. And it was just really, really tough. I kind of doubted, you know, potentially getting, having surgery and going through that and, and was struggling to see how, like how that played into the season really. What's interesting, you had prayed intentionally. I remember the team praying over your decision at your parents and everybody had come to the same conclusion for what the best option was. And you felt that direction, but even in the moment, that doesn't always mean doubt is eliminated. There's still moments where you're wrestling with whether you made the right decision or not. 
what was some of the doubt like as you sat there and, and you were processing things, not being able to go help your team, but not really knowing what was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely deal with this on a sports and injury based level, but I think a lot, I mean, a lot of Christians deal with this on a, on a, yearly basis, weekly basis, daily basis sometimes is just the doubt associated with hearing from God and knowing what the the correct thing is to do, but still doubting. I mean, I think back to in the Bible when Jesus called Peter out into the water and he took three steps and then started to sink as if uh, as if it wasn't real, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think I think doubt's a kind of a natural thing for human beings and um, and I definitely was doubting as if it was the right decision, knowing that my team is, is losing. And, um, there's a lot of other stuff going on in the team that, you know, it's just, it didn't seem like we were the team that ended up winning the national championship, looking back at it. And so, yeah, I, I read crazy that, things going I read on. that story and I think Jesus is standing in front of you and you're walking on the water. How can you doubt in this moment? But I doubt every day, you know, yeah. I, I sense a direction God's moving and, and it is hard to believe in that when you're not seeing immediate results. I remember in particular during that time, the coaches were being pretty hard on the players. We were trying to go to a different level. We were lacking some things. Your leadership was missing and it was felt on the team in some ways and we were trying to step into that void. How was it as a senior leader to be watching this unfold and not being able to do much more than just verbally encourage your teammates? Oh, it was definitely hard, and it made me second have second thoughts of even having surgery because I really felt like in, in a lot of those games that we lost that I would definitely had uh, contributed on the floor. And uh, just sitting back from the sideline and watching, and, and really the only thing you can do is lead vocally at that point. Yeah, it was really tough seeing – seeing our team struggle. There was a lot of frustration on the team at that point. We didn't really know if we were going to even make the tournament. We had a lot of tough conference games coming up mm. after that three-game losing streak, and there was just a lot of doubt really on the team, I feel like. Jacob, at this point in the pursuit, we're in the middle of the season. It's a three-game losing streak. We're not sure if we're going to make the tournament. As we sit now here recording this, we look back and say, we only lost two more games after you were at full strength. We win the national title. How did both you individually and the team grow as a result during that adverse time? Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, especially sitting out and, and knowing that I can't be a leader on the floor, um, it really forced me to, to, to learn almost a different type of leadership, one that I had not had much experience in, and, and that's leading without being a contributor on the mm -hmm. floor and uh, kind of leading from the sidelines, so to speak, obviously literally and, you know, metaphorically as well, I feel like. Um, and, and part of that was demanding other guys on the team to step into a bigger leadership role, uh, both on and off the court. And a few guys that, that I remember speaking to was one was Evan. And uh, knowing that he was, he'd kind of been inconsistent uh, in and out of um, playing really well and playing really bad and, um the, the effort was debatable at some points of the season, and I just remember having a tough conversation with Evan knowing that if we wanted to win a national championship, he had to really step up and um, dominate, really. And so, and, and not just so much dominate on the floor, but dominate leadership-wise and vocally, too. And, and he was more of a soft-spoken, quiet guy when he came in, so it wasn't really his natural instinct, but that was really what 
kind of what me and Ben demanded of him during that time. And then another guy was Kyle Mangus. And um, Kyle, being a freshman, isn't really obviously required to be in a big leadership role, and it's not something that you expect out of a guy out of high school. But we, we told Kyle, like, look, everybody respects you on the team, but you got to step up and be more of a vocal leader. Um, and, and I think that during the time it was really tough because a lot of people were frustrated, but I think it, it paid dividends in the end of the year when Evan was stepping up big time. I mean, his numbers in the tournament <laughs> were unreal. And then obviously Kyle winning you know, tournament uh most outstanding player in uh, all all conference, uh, you know, all American type of status, and uh, I really saw him step up in a lot more ways than his performance on the court as far as stat lines. So, um, you know, I think it was definitely beneficial. And then I I saw things too off the court um, as far as X's and O's that you can't really see as a player on the court, um, and it, and it's really I remember talking to Coach T about it and after one of our losses saying like, you know, why can't we see this on the court? Like how hard is it to just execute on this simple, simple strategy? I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, just realizing like how easy it is to see off the court uh, what you need to do. But when you get on the court, it's a little different, a little different perspective. And I think it helped me later on in the season when I was playing, knowing like, okay, well, how would I view this if I was on the sidelines? What would, what would this look like? And it, it gave me more awareness in the game, and I think it, I think it helped a lot of different situations later on. Well, a uh, passage in Scripture we talked a lot about this year as a team was from James 1, when it says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because it develops perseverance and leads to maturity and completion. And what I love about what you're saying in your position of leadership is you face this adverse situation. There's a, an injury, there's a losing streak, but you enter into that as a leader and say, we're going to approach this with joy, and we're going to turn this for maturity, perseverance, and completion, and other guys emerge. You're, you're so right about Evan and Kyle and the way they grew through that time. You see things that you never saw before, and it really was a, a response to adversity that was uh, really amazing to watch. Now, as you go forward as an entrepreneur, a businessman, uh, you're getting married this summer, what about learning through adversity while you've been a basketball player, do you think will carry forward into those new roles? Yeah, I think it gives you a totally different perspective on trials, on life. And, and a big part of that verse um, that I don't know if you if you mentioned was let perseverance run its course hmm. and um, so that you may be full and complete, lacking nothing. And knowing that perseverance, in order to run its course fully, uh, that breeds fullness and completion. And I think that any point of this during this season, if I can relate that verse to the season, um, I don't know that if we would have won all those games in Christmas, it would have been necessarily better for us. And I think, you know, perseverance as a whole, um, that really had to run its course completely before we saw fullness and completion, not only in our season, but some of the guys on the team and, the, and different leadership roles and, and I, you know, it's it's really easy to see back hindsight uh, what what God was doing in the process, but it really makes a lot of sense. Such a good word, Jacob. We appreciate you sharing that. And when we come back for the second half, our other senior Ben Carlson is going to come on and talk about this same part of the season and what he was processing and going through as we went through this losing streak. We'll be back in a moment. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an IM Third culture and a basketball program. 
but IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by senior Ben Carlson. Ben, we find ourselves in the pursuit of three in a unique spot in the season. We've lost multiple games in a row. There's a lot of tension in the locker room. We're not sure how the season's going to end up. As a senior, what's going through your mind right now, and what are the emotions of the team? Yeah, I think that was the first time in the entire season that we really felt isolated from the coaches. I thought um, in preseason and even at the start of the season, it was a lot of coaches leading our growth and, and w- what direction the team was heading. But this is the really first the first time the team uh, was handling ad- adversity without the guidance of the coaches and. Um, a lot. There's a lot of uncertainty in the guys, especially the younger guys, and they didn't know what was going on because they were putting some pretty harsh stuff, um, some stuff they might have thought is ridiculous for just a three-game losing streak, which they usually might have been okay with. Um, but but the coaches saw that it was more than that, and so I think really that's when me and Jacob started to see, all right, this is our time to kind of take the reins and, and uh, turn this in a new direction. As coaches, we saw there was another level to get to and we were trying everything we could to pull it out of you guys. How was it different as a senior in this moment as the coaches are riding you as compared to, to previous seasons? Yeah, I think first that I'd say is as a spe- as a senior, you can see the potential of a team much greater than a freshman. Um, so it's, it's not like we were losing to bad teams, but we just weren't playing to, to the level that we knew that we could play it and our program expects. Um, and so – it's different from when you're a freshman. As a freshman, everything's coming at you so fast you can't even process it. And I think um, me and Jacob were able to see, okay, this is what happened, and we were able to, to just lead by example in a new way. Um, just say, hey, like we got to attack this with a good attitude, otherwise it's going to be destructive for us. Because we, if we if we turn inward, um, this is really going to hurt our team. So we decided to um, just sit down with the guys, process them with it, answer any questions they had, but also just lead by example sometimes and just take control by by doing what we knew was the right thing to do. We've heard throughout your and Jacob's story, and even the story of this season, how adversity plays a role in our growth. Mm. It's hard to know that when you're a freshman. What ways have you seen that play out in your career, and, and how do you view adversity now differently than you might have a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, I think first is that you can't be discouraged when adversity comes your way. Um, I think my old habits were to just start running from adversity as soon as it came. And I think as I got older, I started to learn that adversity just gives more growth than you could ever imagine. I think for young guys, um, it can be kind of scary, especially in college. You're off on your own for the first time, and you don't know what's coming your way um, to just come at that head on and, and just see the growth that happens when you do do that. One of the things I'm excited about in the next episode is is bringing Joel Okafor on and telling his life story. And this is 
a basketball season and there's adverse times, but ultimately it's still a game and we're trying to grow and we're trying to reach our best, but we're going to hear stories of real adversity and see a guy who's just overcome so much. I'm really excited for people to hear from that and learn from that because we really do learn in this program when we face adversity and conflict and trials, that's when who we really are shines and that's when we can be positioned to grow. But one thing I think of you in, in this moment as a senior, we've been trying to pass leadership on to you guys and you say you're feeling isolated and it's time for you guys to step up and unite the team. You said all the way back in episode two that you realized this year it's more important to be well-respected than well-liked when you're in a leadership position. What part of learning that did this time in the season play? Yeah, I think that was a seed that was started, that was planted in the summer, but really started to sprout during this time is, is when the adversity came. It was um, just a feeling of I, I can't cater to every guy's needs because honestly, at that point, of the season, that was our issue. Is we were we were catering to what guys needed instead of what was best for the team, and so it was really hard for me. Um, I just feel like I have a heart for people, so I want everyone to be happy at all times. I want everyone to feel loved and accepted. And sometimes um, I couldn't just be Mr. Nice Guy to people. You know, I had to really do some things that I was uncomfortable with in order for the team to grow. And I think in the end, that's truly what happened. I think JJ did the same thing. Is we did some some tough things and had some hard conversations that really. I think sprouted growth for the team. It takes such a mature perspective to realize that because all of us, the, the strengths we have, it can turn into a weakness if we're not careful. And mm-hmm. one of the things that made you so unique was the friend that you were and the way you love people. You do have a heart for people and the ability to listen. But then the other side of that, you can accommodate people and not call people out. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for you in that moment to really call guys out and to, to not worry about being liked and what fears did that create inside of you? Yeah, uh, honestly, it, it it took some accountability because um, when that's something that you're new with, I think you almost seek a- affirmation or you think you did something wrong, you know, because especially that's something you don't see changing right away. So one, it, it took uh, patience just to just to trust that um, I was doing the right thing and that and that where we felt God was leading us was the right thing to do. And the second was just accountability and, and JJ and, and I, and even the coaches saying, all right, like this is what we're committing to. And, and if it's not right, right away, we trust in the long run, it's going to pay off. And I think it, it really did. And it's just amazing what shows when you have trust and patience, what, what can happen. It's really fun to think back about that now, but in the moment, it wasn't so fun. And we didn't know. There was a lot of doubt about the team would become. And I, I think at times you even said you were scared that your senior year was going to be a rebuilding year. Right. But now to see it on the back end, to see what happened, is truly remarkable. And I know a lot of the guys are grateful for you stepping up and leading in this way. On our next episode, we're going to step outside the season and talk about real adversity with Joel Okafer. Joel has one of the most remarkable stories you will ever hear leaving his home in Nigeria at age 14 to come to the United States, and has dealt with some things that are much more real than a three-game losing streak. We'll be talking to Joel about the story of his life from Nigeria all the way to today, not seeing his parents for the past eight years, and the death of his mentor, Dan. He was a leader, and that really impacted me, being able to take my leadership to another level, uh, uh, just the way he lived his life, and strategy, you know, just just do I've changed in times of leadership. Uh, 
just the way I was able to go into things, uh, the way I was able to call guys into greatness. That was the kind of guy he was. Bring some tissues for this episode. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.